All right, welcome back. Uh, this is the Long and Hard Podcast. I am fifty uh, percent of your host here, Thomas Harrington, and uh, joining me today, the other fifty percent, Josh Blaze. Very nice, very <laughs> nice. What's going on with you today, Josh? Uh, not too much. It's raining a little bit here in Montreal. There's so much construction, though. Oh my lord. There's like they're just like shutting down streets. I have to like walk three blocks out of my way to like get anywhere. It's uh, it's been interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a time of year, right? Because now there's all this annoying construction in Edmonton too. Even in my neighborhood, they're literally doing like the street in front of my house, pretty much. But oh, I have God. to go like drive. Uh, luckily, my neighborhood has like two ways in, so I kind of go the long way. But you know, there'll be a dude with like a slow stop sign, like. At my driveway, pretty much. Yeah, I was walking to the train station today and um, they have the entire... uh, So I'm living in a condo right by Bell Center and they have the main road shut and they also have the like thoroughfare. I don't know if I'm using the right word, but there's like a mini street out front of the condo they have shut down as well. So it's just like, if you were driving here, you'd be absolutely Mm -hmm. screwed. There's just no two, two ways about it, but... I was actually down by Churchill Square the other day uh, for something, and there's a ton of goddamn construction there. I don't even know what they're building. They're building some like huge building in there. I have no idea what it's going to be, but uh, anyways. How, how many condos have come back online in Edmonton now? Like Because they were doing a bunch of construction over the last couple of years. So there's got to be at least some new like stuff. New, new listings? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know any real numbers to tell you, but yeah, we're definitely seeing... Um, a lot of those come to completion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, kind of the show homes, I guess, for them sort of opening up again, as far as I can tell, right? From what I see out and about and online. Um, Definitely a weird kind of delay, right? Because all of those would have gotten approved in like the mid-2010s or earlier and started construction and then the market tanked and now they're finishing right so it'll be interesting to see what happens yep i'm pretty much thinking the same thing is going to be happening here with uh i'm just watching out my window there's three cranes four cranes i can see right here so oh damn really <laughs> yeah so we'll see how that goes for uh the city of montreal in a, a couple years time but mm, yeah interesting yeah. So anyways, uh, today we are talking about, um, this is a really good topic, introduce a topic that I think has, for me, had a really big impact on my life and really changed who I am as a person and how I develop myself and my career. Uh, and I think Josh would probably tell you the same. And it's called a talent stack, right? Now, what is it? Basically, a talent stack in this corner of the internet Uh, in the mindset, entrepreneurship, yada, yada, corner of the internet is um, your list of skills and talents that you have. And when you combine them all together, uh, it, well, I guess makes you who you are, but makes you kind of a good uh, package or kind of a, yeah, I guess like a comprehensive package of being good uh, for approaching business and different things. Now, a multiple uh, threat. Well, yeah, that's, I was trying to <laughs> integrate that <laughs> word there, but yeah, make you kind of a multiple threat or a multi-layered threat, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the reason it's called a stack is because it's kind of separate skills um, that all 
combine together and sort of in theory complement each other. And it's, you know, you're not going to be a professional natural born talent in all of these. In fact, it's more likely you'll just be pretty good, if not above average, right? But it's what puts them all together that makes you so good at something, right? Now, mm -hmm. it's generally, um, I would say five to 10 items or seven to 12. There's really no formula or something like that. But like, let, let's use 10 for a round number for today. Uh, and there's no set really items or, or, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, let think of it on, on a more uh, broader scale. So like, let's look at someone like, I don't know, let's use myself, right? Because it's <laughs> easy. Uh, and this is what I've worked on. So if I want to be good at real estate, well, what does that mean? That, that can be a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, it would be sales. And even that's a pretty vague category. Uh, things like Google AdWords, something I'm very good at, uh, social media marketing, uh, presenting skills, verbal skills, which is, it's kind of public speaking. I'm not a great public speaker, but small scale public speaking. Uh, and even little things like I would say, I guess, time management in a way, right? For being gainfully self-employed. Mm -hmm. um, and then essentially you put all those together and that's what makes you good at something, right? Or makes you talented or again, kind of that, uh, that multiple, multiple threat, right? Right. I think that um, in developing a talent stack, you differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. So there's always going to be people that are better than you at X, be it playing basketball, uh, singing rap songs, <laughs> whatever it may be. But they're not going to be both good at basketball, singing rap songs, business, flying Hockey, airplane, flying exactly. an airplane. Yeah. And you, you essentially become world-class in that stack of things that you can call yourself at that point in time, I guess. So you're not going to be the best salesperson in the entire world, but what is a salesperson in and of itself is a complete talent stack of being able to publicly speak, kind of having no shame and not really worrying about rejection. That's a skill unto itself. Uh, on top of that, you're going to be looking at persuasive ability, negotiation skills, the ability to prospect, and find leads. When you look at all of these and break them down into separate skills and focus on them individually, you create something that nobody else can really do. That's what I really like into what a talent stack is, is that you become world-class at being Thomas Harrington or Josh Blaze or whoever else is listening to this. You become world-class at being you mm -hmm. by simply focusing on each and every individual focus and bringing them all together yeah. to eventually create something that is 
there's really no competition for. Exactly. And then to that point, like there, you will have a little bit of your individual flair, right. To, to all of those things. Um, further to Josh's point. Yeah. Most, you know, let, let's focus on sales, I guess, for a second, most salespeople, you should have some level of persuasion ability. Uh, you should be good at kind of reading people. Uh, like Josh said, not having a fear of rejection, uh, communication skills, but within each of those, there's kind of a permutation and combination that exists that will work best for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, again, there's just no set answer. And I think the underlying mindset shift that we kind of want to talk about here is realizing, uh, and we talked about this back in one of our first episodes, or it's kind of your secrets to our secrets to life or whatever is the mindset shift is think for a minute that basically anything is possible and you can become good at almost anything. Uh, you will not necessarily become a true master, uh, the greatest who ever lived, but you can become good. You can become proficient. Uh, and in the top X percent at virtually anything, right. With enough work and time and effort. Right. So if, when you kind of break it down to each of these skills of something like persuasion or Google ads or public speaking, it's like, okay, how do I get to the 10% top 10%? Maybe you're already there. How do I get to the top 20%? Like what, what would that look like? And it starts to feel more attainable. And it's also, you're not going to have to dedicate 20 years of life to research and mastery of those things. It's how do I learn about this? How do I implement this into my life and become well, fairly good at it right and then all of a sudden when you're fairly good at 10 or 11 or 12 things you'll be a very good well useful employee or businessman or businesswoman or or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean anecdotally how i would look at it is that i'm interested in well let's go three years back for me i'm interested in financial markets and learning how to trade I'm going to go all in on this for the next six months. And on the other side, when I come out, I come out with an understanding that's of somebody that has studied this stuff for potentially years because I actually went completely all in on this subject. And you can kind of develop this in your 10 or 12 or 20 skills, learning a language, whatever it may be and going all in on it for a certain amount of time. And when you come out on the other side, you become kind of top 10% in that skill. When you combine that with the other five or 10 or whatever you're learning, you combine it and you can create something that essentially is there's no competition because now you are a violin playing, unicycle riding, bear battling whatever right if you get where i'm going with that you create something that is just there's there's no other person in the world that has that group of talents and you become invaluable to the companies that you create to your own personal brand and also to in the worst case scenario uh in an employment scenario where you are uh, the employee of somebody else. 
worst case scenario. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say even something, you know, this isn't, uh, this advice is meant for everyone, right? So you exactly. can take this and apply it to any, anything, right? So, mm-hmm. and yeah, the you'll have your kind of weird combination of things that <laughs> makes you you, whether it's unicycle riding or battle bear wrestling or, or any combination of those. And then how you apply that and integrate that into your business is, well, kind of up to you, but again, it makes you unique, right? Exactly. Uh, so I guess to start, so, well, it, you know, it, where should someone start, right? Uh, how to find what you're good at. And, you know, it, it, take a step back and think for a minute, and you can probably think of like two or three or four things that you're fairly good at and either it's what you do for a job right now something you've kind of always naturally excelled at or leaned towards uh and then you also kind of need to ask where you need to go or improve or what you're lacking but perhaps have the capacity to to, to do as well right mm-hmm. like it's like what do i need to develop and where is the ball going in five to ten years too but mm-hmm. personally like how would you find what you're good at? What would you say? So, and I did put some questions here that maybe, you know, if you're listening along, you want to sit down and ask yourself, but it's, Mm. or I think Josh wrote these questions. Maybe it was both of us, but uh, it was, you know, ask yourself what seems like work, meaning what is kind of the grind? What do you not enjoy? Uh, And then the inverse to that is, okay, what is enjoyable that you do uh, throughout your day? right? Uh, when I do this, does time seem to fly by? Uh, do others tell me I'm good at it? And, you know, I think that last one is a pretty good one to think of. Because um, often we might think we're good at something. And in fact, we're not. <laughs> right? So kind of some external feedback is key in, in uh, this situation, for, for sure. Right? Right. And then where all of those things intersect is actually probably where you'll be good at something so it's like if it seems like work you're probably not going to be putting in the time to develop the skill to the utmost degree that you would really need to get to a point of being in the top 10 percent of that skill and if it's not enjoyable you're probably again you're just going to seem it's going to seem like a chore to you and you're kind of going to put it off this is kind of why math class to me for example in high school through university was just a grind and then when it became applicable to something finance real estate evaluation investment analysis then it started to click for me and that's when it actually started to become enjoyable and that's where i started to actually put time into it because i could see the application in real life as opposed to looking at the hypotenuse of a triangle and finding that out for no reason, because that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what your teacher told you to do. No, definitely. And I I mean, I don't think any of these skills are taught in school, right? So uh, especially, I mean, you know, let me uh, jump ahead a little bit. Um, so just to kind of give you an idea, if you're still kind of struggling with this uh, um, concept, right, is like the things we're talking about here and, 
you know, we, we kind of lean towards sales because that's our bathroom or bathroom, our background. <laughs> and uh, so sales, persuasion, uh, more tailored uh, skills such as copywriting uh, are important. Uh, obviously, social media. And that's so that can even break down into content creation uh, versus uh, actual like paid social media advertising, understanding kind of the algorithms of all those platforms, how they work. Uh, a really good skill is public speaking, right? Uh, we could do something like even things like I would say accounting, bookkeeping, that's important, especially if you're going to be uh, gainfully self-employed, right? And doing your own taxes. Uh, you know, let's steal from Josh's toolbox for a minute, you know, uh, coding, that's very important. Uh, that And again, that's a more hyper tailored skill where it'll be, you know, you take that small niche skill and combine that with Josh's more broad sales skills. Well, that makes him kind of a, a unique, uh, well, person, I guess, right? Thank <laughs> In you, that Thomas. regard. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so anyways, it's think about all of those in your day and what what are your actual skills like you don't just sell x like you have a bunch of skills within that right uh or if you're some sort of manager or even hr and you know something where okay where are, what kind of people skills am i good at am i bad at uh you know wh where do i struggle with my day am i bad at organizing am i bad at keeping my paperwork in order uh and those are kind of areas you can improve on i guess right mm -hmm. I think to the extent of that, it takes time and a lot of people aren't really willing to put in mm -hmm. the amount of time that it does take to get, I mean, proficient at sales or people skills or whatever. And they don't really realize that that's kind of selling themselves short pun, not completely intended but a little bit in that everything does take time, but you can get to a level of hyper proficiency. If you are willing to put the time in that is necessary to obtain said skill. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, I guess, do you want to, do you want to start with what are, so, Someone hears this, learns about what a talent stack is. They're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm okay-ish at these things. What are some talents and skills uh, I need to develop for 2019 and uh, beyond? Okay. Uh, I would say to begin with, your people skills is always going to be very close to the top of the list. And that means the ability to talk to people, publicly speak, um, get information from people, and build relationships as well. So relationship building, I think, would be the broader skill term if we combine all of those micro skills. Yeah. So relationship building is probably number one or number two on my list, most definitely. Um, and I think it's going to be relevant. Well, I don't think. I know it's going to be relevant forever. On Even when that, the AI overlords come? Oh, 100%. I mean, uh, people okay. skills is, is always going to be near the top of the list without question. Um, on top of that, I'm going to be looking at probably um, negotiation, persuasion, 
and combining all of those into a broader, let's call it a sales skill and the mm-hmm. ability to um, also market yourself and any products, services, whatever that you may be creating as an entrepreneur, that's going to be, again, very close to the top of the list. Not nearly as close to the top of the list as relationship skills, though, but that's also going to be up there, I would say, too. Um, on top of that, hmm. I mean, cooking is really good. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's a good point. This doesn't have to be entirely business based. Is that like this is a portion of this podcast is about kind of lifestyle developing your life. So uh, right. I would say, yeah, that's actually a good point there. So cooking like with enough time and effort, you can become marginally better at cooking at the very least, right? I like actually not- don't get people that are like, I don't know how to cook. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a YouTube video out there for that. You follow the instructions. <laughs> You can do it. I believe yeah, in you. Exactly. So. And it's, <laughs> yeah. and then, well, and then that kind of ties to everything of like, uh, okay, well, that's how you eat healthier and that's how you maintain like a better healthy lifestyle, which gives you more energy, blah, blah, blah. Kind of a topic for a different day. Uh, but that's also a good point in that there's a YouTube video for everything. And if I think, uh, you know, something like, okay, how do I become better at persuasion? is a more high level comp, uh, complex or uh, concept, mm-hmm. but how do I become a better cook? All right, go out there, find five recipes that sound good to you or foods you like and go make them three times each, right? Follow the YouTube yep. video all the way through. Cause you might screw up and burn it a few times and successfully make it cook it for someone, whatever. By the end of that, you will be a tangibly better chef because you have these good recipes in your, uh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, watch, go watch Jamie Oliver or Gordon Ramsay. I mean, the yeah, exactly. Jamie, so. And then at the other side of that, you will be tangibly better at cooking, right? So, and then you know, it, it's kind of about that mindset set shift of you can do anything, right? Uh, and, and it is possible, uh, and it just takes kind of effort. And there's a lot of free resources too that you can use to improve these skills. Yeah, well, it's mean. I mean, it's like. I'm not good at this. Okay. How do you get good at this? There's, this is the best time to be alive ever. There's so many resources out there. There's very cheap, if not completely free courses on hundreds of different skills. I mean, some of them relevant, some of them, if you want to learn how to become a chess grandmaster, those are available too. There's literally courses on everything. I mean, um, if you're watching YouTube, you probably see advertisements for <laughs> Masterclass. Yeah. To me for friggin' yeah. like everything. And I and believe now uh, Armin Van Buren and Deadmau5 both offer courses on how to become like a lot, uh, like an EDM producer or make uh, yep. dance music. Both are on Masterclass, I want to say. Yeah. So yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's, that's a very interesting channel. Uh, I can't speak to it because i've never tried it but personally i've taken uh a few udemy courses on learning how to code different uh languages and also different frameworks for front-end development and all of that there's just so much out there that you can really learn people write blog posts about individual stuff there's a 
hair floating in front of me there. <laughs> but the, people <laughs> write blog posts about this stuff. People do free YouTube videos. I mean, there's just so much resource out there. And I mean, there's a lot of crap out there, but when it comes to individual skills and if you're actually searching for how to let's let's take a page out of my book how to build a django website with a react front end if you search very like i mean that's going to be gibberish for 90 but <laughs> yeah i only kind of know what you're saying but yeah. anyways if, if you search to the very like the very minute detail you're going to find the the diamonds in the rough you're not going to be finding um how to trade cryptocurrency for the uninitiated if you yeah, look at something yeah, like that exactly. you're not, you're not going to get good results but if you look for the very like i'm doing this and i need the information on this you're going to find good resources on it i can assure you of that definitely and i would even say i mean because you know i saw a really great tweet the other day uh and it was someone where it's like you know there's lots of online courses out there that are like three thousand dollars and it's basically a bunch of information that's been in a few timeless classic books that has been repackaged for 3000 bucks. So you can go yep. down to your chapters in to go and get, uh, you know, spend, you know, a hundred dollars, get three or four really great kind of classic books. Uh, and <laughs> you know, for get the same knowledge. And I think, uh, reading is a really way, good way to do it, especially I would say for sales, just cause there's so many like timeless, timeless classics out there. And for me personally, I've always taken it from a more psychological approach, right? And this is ties into people management, relationship management is kind of understanding how the mind works, how other people's minds works, etc. cetera. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, I think, some really good, simple books. Um, shit, I think I wrote them down here. I mean, you know, he's almost cheesy in a way by today's standards, but I do think he has some good nuggets of wisdom zig ziglar absolute classic for sure mm -hmm. um there's two really good books if you want to get more like advanced with persuasion specifically and those are influence the psychology of persuasion and persuasion which are both by robert cialdini um who is a phd in something or other uh his <laughs> books are really good for uh specific uh psychology tailored to sales I would highly recommend those. Well, I, I mean, how to win friends and influence people like that is the. Yeah, that's up the that's same the, alley. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the baseline. You pretty much need to get into that sort of realm of sales, persuasive talking, uh, relationship building, etc. That's all included in that book. What are some other ones? Let's let's do a like a book dump here. Uh, are we going books or skills for uh, let's do books. Cause I mean, books can be, and then we can talk about what skills that those books kind of. Yeah. No, that's good. Manifest. I think I have some kick around here. Um, I really like the conversion code, which is written mm -hmm. by Chris Smith, who is a guy who owns a company called curator, which does, uh, marketing for realtors. Okay. And basically what the conversion code is, is while well, it teaches you the principles of conversion, which is in the world of, internet marketing or basically any marketing is when someone actually converts uh, into a customer and actually converts into then converts into a sale, right? So conversion is you go to my website, 
I, I have it downloaded this free guide you download now that's a conversion uh, and then you know I send out that guide and then you buy whatever the hell my product is that is also a conversion anyways he introduces that concept talks a lot about specifics of how to do it uh, that book is a little more tailored to real estate but it's still very applicable for I would say almost all small businesses Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's really about uh, funnels, uh, social media marketing, and then obviously conversions. And it's even, it's a bit of an older book. I think it's from 2014, but it, it's still very relevant in terms of the actual concepts. Uh, but then it's kind of the more specifics of how things would, uh, would change, right? Yep. Uh, a big one for me was cash advertising, which is essentially- Oh, I have that one sitting right here, actually. Yep. That one is, yeah, excellent for copywriting and also kind of looking for, um, looking for the emotions on actually doing sales as opposed to like you don't sell a product based on its merits or its features. You generally sell a product based on how it makes people feel or it solves a problem for them. That's more mm -hmm. so how you would sell a product. This book very much touches on that sort of thing so i highly recommend that book uh what else uh there is uh the ultimate sales letter is a good one and there's another one oh, god what the hell is it called i want to say it's how to write copy that sells uh and you know maybe this is a good time to talk about we will probably work on a reading list based on this episode so be sure to check the uh show notes and we'll have a link to that. Uh, but Josh brought up a good point. And just to tie it back to this uh, skill set thing is so if you want to get slightly more focused on tangible kind of silos for your talent stack, well, copywriting is actually a very good one, right? And mm -hmm. what is copywriting? Copywriting is the actual text of an ad um, or words of an ad. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. So it's it's selling through words, technically copywriting. I mean, normally it's more referred to as the text of both a website and your ad itself. Uh, it could also in theory be the, like let's pretend you're doing a video ad, still how you write the script, if you will, of that ad is still copywriting. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, again, it's articulating and selling with words. And as we're in a very, uh, you know, kind of text-based, email-based world, uh, I think that's a really good skill set and very timeless, right? Because a lot of these books for copywriting are still coming from the point of reference of the days of sales letters, right? So right. like sending direct mail sales letters uh, and a lot of those, a lot of the um, concepts and methods actually kind of one-to-one -one convert over to even like writing an email more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading a book the other day called Never Split the Difference, and it's a like negotiation mm. Bible. Like it's it's actually amazing. Uh, it's written by a guy who was a hostage negotiator for the FBI. I want to say. Oh, okay, I, I've heard of that one. And yeah, have you actually read it? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm about seventy five percent through it. Okay. The, the subtitle is actually negotiating as if your life depended on it. So I've definitely heard the, of that one. Yeah, you can definitely get the gist of that. So I I actually have a new uh, book I just ordered the other day. It's called uh, 
how to get what you want every time or how to win every time or something. And it's by like a trial lawyer as well. Different guy from that mm. one okay. um, who has like not lost a civil court case since like the 1960s or something like that. <laughs> Can you imagine after his yeah. book comes out, the opposing lawyer reads it and then <laughs> he would, he would the ultimate kind of mind fuck there. <laughs> He'd probably just be happy in that situation. <laughs> probably would That's be funny. like, yeah. I taught you how to beat myself. You know, yeah. you didn't really win, but some. I'll uh, yeah, but uh, we'll post an update on that one. Uh, now, I think uh, what's interesting here now, obviously, because we're more sales background, we lean towards sales specific skills. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of like we sort of come from the camp of everything is sales. So I do think like sales doesn't mean being the cheesy car dealer anymore. Oh, right? absolutely. It not. means absolutely. having a very good understanding of people and working with people and uh, psychology, psychology and relationship building is all it is. Right. Right. So, you know, I think even if you're someone who's like, you know what, I'm in human resources, like I don't do sales. We have a sales department. No, you should probably still learn a little bit about some of these topics because that you know those are still going to be really valuable skills if you know how to negotiate well uh if you know how to read people if you know how to even persuade right i always kind of shake my head at the people that are like i don't do sales i'm like well you have to realize that every single day of your life you walk into the coffee shop and you order a coffee you're kind of selling yourself to that person behind the counter like you go and introduce yourself to somebody a prospect or whatever you're selling yourself in every single day of your life. You just don't realize it. So that is, it's a universal skill. And it's also something that, like you said, it doesn't matter what position you hold within a company or anything. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, this is a hundred percent must do, but even if you're working in some other position, like you said, HR, it's highly applicable still. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, you're dealing with human beings kind of everywhere, right? So. Yeah. And as your last point here is learning skills that go, don't go out of style. I mean, that is, <laughs> I mean, until the day where we merge with the computers and there's no such thing as humanity anymore, I think that that's a universal skill and will be for at least our lifetime. Yeah, hopefully. yeah absolutely. For, for, yeah, for the most part, uh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, and to that point, I would say sometimes you have to adjust with uh, uh, skills as well because, uh, well, A, they can become irrelevant or trying to do a d more dated method like, well, even reading an old book uh, or taking like a college class would be god forbid just the worst way to approach some of this stuff frankly uh online courses move a bit quicker now where i'm going with this is let's say google google adwords right so uh we both still work with google adwords very frequently i would confidently say i am in the top uh 10 when it comes to my knowledge of google adwords right uh my ads perform at you know a significantly above average industry rates over the past few years i've uh, worked on not just making my ads work but like learning the deeper nuances and how to continuously improve them 
But I learned all of that through A, trial and error, or B, a YouTube course. I was walking through chapters one day and saw a Google Ads book, and it was written in like 2012. I'm like, hmm. man, like Google, like the actual platform looks completely different from like a year ago, right? So, hmm. it, you know, it moves uh, too slow. And you I know, I was actually you... on a call with somebody yesterday yeah. for optimizing my Google Ads or whatever. And mm -hmm. yeah, she had brought to my attention there was like, five or six new features that had come out over the last like two months um, oh yeah and like extensions add extensions uh you yep. can actually track calls and stuff now and uh -huh. i was like oh well maybe i should <laughs> keep up to date a little, a little bit more with this but yeah she <laughs> do everything and yeah i was like nice thank you uh, i'll have to look up her name here but <laughs> no, they, uh, yeah it's the way they do it and they they've actually made it a lot easier to test and stuff now where you can set like 19 different headlines for your ad and it'll automatically cycle through and find the best combinations uh another thing that i thought you know a few years ago uh what i thought was like a relevant skill 2015 2016 was actually wordpress knowledge mm -hmm. um because a huge percentage of the internet is built on a wordpress platform knowing how to use it and build a website via wordpress well now I would say that knowledge is outdated because it's gone one of two ways. And, you know, between Josh and I, we've actually kind of both gone our respective ways on this because we would build kind of WordPress based websites together. So for me, uh, well, because it requires a significant technical, more technical knowledge now because WordPress is almost like so watered down. So you can have the easy, easy options, which is kind of what I've taken, right? Uh, for me specifically, I use a company called Lead Pages to build most of my websites and my, uh, well, landing pages, right? Yeah, and or Shopify. Exactly. And Shopify, you know, it's a drag and drop builder. It looks good. It's responsive. You can customize it as you want. You can change all the ad copy, uh, but you're not really worrying about technical aspects, right? Mm. And then, uh, or to really make yourself stand out, you can go the more technical route, which is what Josh has done and building out a website from quite literally scratch, right? And essentially all the uh, free products, like a couple episodes ago or last episode, we talked about uh, like something like Wix even. Yep, I think right? that was last episode. So uh, because Wix has a good product, it's inexpensive. You can get it done quickly without a lot of knowledge. Well, nowadays I would recommend Wix to someone. But you know, if the me from 2016 met the me from now 2016 me would probably freaking stab me for ever recommending Wix because that was like lowly peasant stuff and you needed to learn WordPress right but now it's not really a relevant skill I would say yeah I, I think that WordPress is relevant in that it's legacy now so it, like there's mm. so much of the web that's still running on it that yeah. if you want to be a plumber and focus on maintaining those sites for people there's a lot of money in it because there's a lot of websites out there mm. on it. Okay, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. But it's like when you drive past a vacuum repair store, and you're like, "Oh, that's still a thing." Yeah. Well, I, I think that it's like that's exactly what it is, and it's kind of a one of the things that in the programming world people kind of get jaded about is that a lot of programmers they don't go on to do creative work. They kind of go on to be the plumbers of the internet in that they're maintaining databases, they're maintaining stuff that's kind of legacy because it works, but it's not the best way of doing things. 
there's not a lot of like like there's a lot of people that go into startups but the vast majority of them they go to work in these kind of more like legacy maintaining type positions i guess is one way i put it in addition to what you were saying is that if you want to build any sort of application or whatever you're going to have to do it from scratch you're not going to be able to do um like wix or drag and drop very easily for that sort of thing Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. yeah but it's i don't know it's it's kind of like you you like you said you can go one way or the other with it for sure yeah exactly and then i think to even bring this back it comes to uh and kind of our next point here is uh if there's some skill that maybe is to get to a proficient level at it and it's only kind of a tertiary skill for you right it's Mm -hmm kind of a compliment, not something, not kind of your main shtick. You should maybe look at hiring it out. And that was kind of my thing, right? So for me to go from middle of the road on web development to a more advanced level, the, the there's kind of like an incremental diminishing rate of return in that it gets more and more complicated, right? Right. So for my situation, I'm like, well, I'm not really going to do this. I, I, I might as well just buy websites or purchase it from a developer or hire someone uh, mm-hmm. when needed, right? Just because that's but a specific example, right? It's looking into like what your time is worth and like, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we probably could have like prefaced this entire episode with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can definitely get good at it, but is it worth your time is also kind of the question. It's a very fine line. And one thing, you know, one question I had here that you may want to ask yourself when you're trying to develop your talent stack is what are my weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and again, it's a double-edged sword because a a lot of your weaknesses or things you're not so good at, you could actually improve, right? Hell, you could even become fairly good or top top 20%, top 15% at them, or Mm -hmm. you could just like suck less at them. Conversely, uh, just be aware of your weaknesses and say, okay, like I'm I'm not going to do that or I should hire that out, right? And there's kind of two schools of thought on the internet. And and the self-improvement corners of things is, do you triple down on your weaknesses and become good at them? Or do you leverage your strengths, acknowledge what you're bad at, and kind of, I guess, plan accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, f- to go to a specific real estate example, it, and it's very, very common uh, among kind of high producing agents, is a lot of times they're kind of more the creative type and more of like a I guess, extrovert, uh, very good at the sales, the people, the relationships portion of it, and just horrendously bad at paperwork, right? So if you're someone who's, could you learn a skill of being organized at paperwork? Yes. I mean, it's not that hard to make files on your PC and name them appropriately and name all your files, right? And keep them in those files for each client. Or if that sounds like way too much work and you're in a position to do it, why not just hire that out entirely and focus on furthering your uh, more, uh, I guess, useful revenue generating skills in that point, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like when you're starting some sort of company to like look at the partners that you bring on board, they're probably going to be good at something that you're not. If you have two partners that are just good at the exact same skills, then you kind of overlook like the other things and those are kind of gaping holes in your whole 
business plan. So when you're starting a business or growing a business, obviously you only have 24 hours in the day. So you do need to bring on people that are better than you in X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. <laughs> like, like there's people that are good at everything in the world and you need to be able to build a team around those skills and combine them when you're building some sort of company too. Because if you don't, you're going to be running around with your head cut off and there's not enough hours in the day for you to be able to be good at everything when your focus should be on the 10 things that you're good at, five to 10 things you're good at. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, because I, I think the underlying theme or this all ties to that, um, you need to be continuously learning, right? So, uh, and then when, you know, again, you're never done, right? You won't take an online course and be, okay, I am now top 10% in X. I (laughs) never have to do anything about it again. And (laughs) (laughs) right. So, but once you get to that higher level, you, you will probably be working with that skill more regularly and kind of, I guess, organically develop it or just continuously be looking to learn at it because you use it so frequently. Yeah. Well, I mean, you actually have to practice those skills, go out and do it. Yeah, that's it too. You can't just read a book. Like you do learn a lot from school of hard knocks. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, read a book, read a chapter, go and practice what's in that chapter. Then go only, can you go on to the next chapter? That's how I would do it personally. That's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. Go get the concept of it. Go try it. If it doesn't work, like it's probably more on you adjust and then that you're kind of building that like you're i would use the word synthesizing that knowledge right mm-hmm. so yeah most definitely yeah so uh josh blaze in 2019 what skills and talents are you working on uh either learning or currently improving or adding to your talent stack okay interesting uh for me personally number one is going to be my programming knowledge but that is mostly to kind of keep up with my team and not really to (laughs) so so i know what they're talking about kind of keeping up with the the lingo and everything that's it's like in the office where uh michael asks uh the accountant to explain something to him and he says it and then he's like okay explain it to me like i'm six years old he explains (laughs) it and then he looks at him he's like okay explain it to me like i'm four years old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like at least be like ten years old, I guess. So that's kind of <laughs> yeah. That's that's, that's definitely what I'm trying to keep up to up to date with. Um, that's number one. Number two is probably uh, sales is is a consistent thing. I always look at. I mean, negotiation, different ways of um, actually cold calling is probably the biggest one that I'm looking yeah. at right now. Um, and then on top of that, I mean trying to learn a little bit of uh, the French language. So that's another, like, I guess, unbusiness skill, but more lifestyle yeah. related. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I'm really, really focused on right now. Um, I had a buddy talk about uh, foreign exchange trading. So I'm looking a little bit into that just uh, kind of as a, not seriously, but looking at it, into it as kind of like a uh, hour before the bed type of thing, uh, 
to look at kind of the more macroeconomic hmm. uh, trading. Because I never did that when I was trading. Yeah. I was trading mostly uh, futures products and options. I was never looking into like foreign exchange. So that's going to be something that I'm doing a little bit more research on. But yeah, how about you? Uh, for me, I would say, and I kind of rushed over it, but AdWords, Google Ads kind of taking that, continuously improving uh always getting to kind of the next level of that. There's a few specific features that are kind of, you know, going from intermediate to advanced that I'm working on mastering and learning about. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, skill uh, or skill sales. Uh, and for that, me specifically, a little more on the negotiation side of thing. Like I said, I got that new book coming. Um, and I would even, even kind of more of an aside, but, uh, part of skills, part of negotiations is I would say having um, the hard conversations with people and with clients, yeah. right? Uh, so for me, what I hope to use with that knowledge is just better work with uh, clients in the first meeting for the listing appointment when it comes to setting their list price and that sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then evidently, uh, as per this podcast and just my social channels as of late is I would say general social media I don't want to call it marketing. I would say more presence, right? Mm. Uh, which is more, let's just use the word social media, <laughs> right? <laughs> so putting both the show and myself out there more, something I've shied away from in previous years and really just kind of pushing the boundaries on that, right? And mm -hmm. being comfortable with that. And uh, that also ties into marketing, branding, self-branding, uh, getting yourself out there. And Most definitely. I would call this to a degree public speaking in a way it's not true public speaking um i mean you're, you're putting podcast. yourself out there so yeah so i would say the main concept for me is putting myself out there more and then mm. what does that tangibly look like well it's a lot of it is uh social media and building my personal brand and i would even say now that i'm on this train of thought is personal brand developing it branding it right you know it's crazy to me that the idea of personal brand is like, I would say almost household knowledge now, at least if you're someone who kind of follows internet business, right? But Gary Vaynerchuk first said the words personal brand in his book in like 2009, which was 10 years ago. And I remember listening to uh, the Crush It audiobook. And when he talked about that, I it went totally over my head. Like I, I just didn't really understand what he was saying. Right. And it was something that it was very hard to put your finger on at the time. And now it's kind of been more defined, if you will. So that's something I think I've, I'm now playing catch up on a little bit in my businesses. Right. I'm going to end this with a very, very deep thought. Are you ready? Lay it on me. <laughs> the, way to be successful in this life is essentially to put yourself out there as much as possible and to go with the flow as to what happens from there. I was standing at a bus stop one day and I was like, that's pretty much all you got to do is just like put yourself out there and uh, see what happens. Very good. Very good. <laughs> if I, uh, if I may add to that thought, Note the dramatic pause there. Um, <laughs> so one thing I've kind of realized too is a big part of business. And I would say like this is 
me learning from other realtors. So part of being a realtor, but uh, it's implies to everyone is like, you kind of just have to go talk to people, right? That's all it is. It's just relationships. It's just talking to people. And I mean, something like video, right? This is kind of talking to people at scale, which solves a problem in a way. But yeah, I mean, in views of video, we're at scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, most definitely. So yeah, yeah uh, there was actually a Grant Cardone clip. I don't follow him anymore because he got to be a little too much, but I do still like some of his stuff. And I yeah. did see a clip of him the other day where he was, uh, he was somewhere and, and uh, I guess he knew someone uh, at uh, a Mercedes Benz dealership who hooked him up with a, the six wheel V12 G wagon uh, or whatever. It okay. was pretty sick. Okay. But anyway, yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, got my buddy so-and-so who set me up with this. Uh, you know, it's all about who you know, but what's more important? Who do you know or who knows you? True. And then he'll kind of have little isms where he repeats them like 200 times in a video. <laughs> and that was one of them. But that kind of stuck with me, honestly. So very true. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's a good way to end this, I guess. Do you want yeah. to do current events today? Uh, what the hell did I even write down here? Nah, but if I may, uh, <laughs> if it, you know, if you're someone who listens to this, you want to improve your talent stack, you think this is a good idea for you and your business and career. Uh, let me kind of leave you with this, like write down three things you're good at. Three things you're okay-ish at, could improve, should improve at. Mm-hmm. And then I guess three things you'd like to learn right yeah and then you know if you really think about that you'll kind of like and then look at them all written on the paper in front of you that's a pretty good idea of where where to start right well i mean you can probably see where you're going to be able to go with that too it's like if you connect the dots between those i think you said nine skills Mm -hmm. nine (laughs) magic number if they all intersect, where does that intersection point point you? That's what you should do. Easy. Life-changing <laughs> advice only here on the Long and Hard Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to drop this mic, so go and follow us on all the social media channels. Uh, you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. I guess it's called Pod, Apple Podcasts now. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube, of course, where we live stream this at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Tuesdays. Around there. Around there. So Roughly. <laughs> <laughs> Never on time. That is the issue between you and me. We got to work yeah. on that one. We'll add yeah, that to definitely. our talent stack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. all right i'm josh blaze i am out of here and this is the other 50 percent thomas harrington we'll uh we'll catch you next week until then we out cheers